Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Uh, I, like I said, I've read about Hoban this year. I've heard about Hoban this year, but I haven't seen them. You have. So compare this year's Hoban team to what Tim Terrell's done in the last 10 years prior to this when they won five state titles in 10 years. Yeah, I've had a good chance to see them this year just because they play a lot of Saturday games earlier in the season, so I was able to catch those. They are a team that has gotten back to the way they played in previous years under Tim, whereas last year and the year before, they relied a lot on Lamar Sperling in the running game on the offensive side of the ball, didn't really throw the ball much. Uh, if you remember, Sperling ran for 356 in the state title game last year, was Mr. Football in Ohio. Everything ran through him. This year they've gone back to a two or three running back system, which allows guys to rotate in and out and not have to you know, carry the ball 40 times in a game. Uh, it also allows their starting running back, Caleb Jones, to get back in at cornerback where he is you know, a, a, an all-state level defensive back as well. And so it just allows them to be a little – they're a little more flexible on offense this year. And they also have a guy in Tyland Boykin who has gone from corner to quarterback who can run the ball, can throw the ball. They've got, they're getting good quarterback play this year. He didn't throw his first interception of the season until last week. I'm sorry, until, until two weeks ago. Um, and he just – he has the ability to make a, play, make a play out of nothing when there's nothing there. He's been able to scramble out find his receivers down the field, whether it be Jalen Hightower or whether it be Peyton Cook. They just have playmakers on the offense that we haven't really seen them have or haven't seen them utilize in the last couple of years because they've gone so Lamar Sperling heavy in the last two seasons. Right. When I look at these two teams, obviously you look at a common opponent at St. Ed's. Maslin gets them fairly early in the season, and we know that Hoban got them later in the season. I don't know what differences there were, but Maslin gets Ed's and vice versa. What? I was going to say, I was actually going to bring that up at some point in this conversation because mm-hmm. I know a couple of Maslin fans have reached out to me already to remind me that Maslin beat Eds and Hoban lost to Eds. Let me put that to rest right now. Eds lost that game to Maslin by two without their starting quarterback. They had a quarterback making his first career start at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. Uh, he made some mistakes, played a decent game, but overall wasn't really ready for that game yet. Uh, and then when Matt, when St. Ed's went to Hoban in week 10 and played at Dowd Field, it was a cold, rainy night. Hoban was without four or five starters on the offensive side of the ball, including running back Caleb Jones and two of their offensive linemen. Uh, it was a game that meant nothing to anybody, as both teams had already clinched the number one seed in their region. Um, so those games, you, you can't use the, hey, this team beat that team and that team beat this team to mm-hmm. even – correlate what might happen on Thursday night. Those two games absolutely mean nothing in the game. Let me ask you the real question then. Because we look for dominance on the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And from what we heard, St. Ed's didn't dominate Maslin's defensive line or offensive line. How did they stack up versus Hoban? They did not. Actually, and I I will tell you this, of the games that I saw of Maslin this year, and I think I saw them I want to say three or four times, um, the most impressive performance had nothing to do with the skill positions. It was the way Mm -hmm. that their uh, guys in the trenches hung with the St. Ed's play, uh, trenches, considering we've been saying all year that the Ed's offensive line might be one of the best in the country, not just in the state of Ohio. Okay. Um, I think this game, it's another one that's going to be one in the trenches. You have mm-hmm. 
two guys on the offensive line for Hoban in Will Satterwhite, who's going to Tennessee, and uh, sophomore Sam Greer, who missed the first, I believe, 11 weeks of the season with a broken leg. So he's finally getting back in, and he's healthy. He holds an offer from Ohio State already. So the offensive and defensive lines are probably going to be where this game is won. And I think these two teams are extremely even uh, in terms of trench play. Um, like I said, that's one of the things that Maslin has really impressed me with this year. Obviously, they have playmakers as well, but in the trenches is where they have really been able to make a difference. Happy to have with us Ryan Isley, sports writer, editor at SB Live Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Isley23. Uh, and, and I call him Junior in case anybody's wondering because he looks like Dale Earnhardt Jr. And that goes back to when we worked <laughs> together uh, at KNR. So, Junior, my next question for you is this. Uh, when you look at, at Hoban and compare it to their five state championship teams, are they equal to, better than, less than uh, as they come into this game uh, since you've covered them for many years? I would put them on par with just about any of the teams that they have taken home the state title with. Um, this team wins games with defense. They win games with a balanced offense. Uh, and I know people are going to look at their schedule and say, oh, they only had a few shutouts. But in, I believe it was four of those games that they did not get shutouts, the touchdown that they gave up was either on the last play of the game, which happened twice this season, literally as the time expired, um, or it was within the last minute of the game. So they've had four other games where they should have had shutouts, and the second or third team defense came out and gave up a, a late score in a, in a position that didn't matter. But it's the same with Maslin. It's going to be whoever's defense plays best in this game, I think, is going to win it. And I know... A lot of people from Maslin think Maslin has the best defense in the state, and I know people in Akron think Hoban has the best defense in the state. So it is going to be a lot of fun at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium on Thursday to see just which of these two, te- which two, these two defenses can lead their team to that state title. All right, along those lines then, with that Hoban defense, the, the thing that I think Maslin has been missing, right, in, in recent years where they've lost to Hoban is a dual-threat quarterback. They've either had a runner or they had a thrower, right? Aiden Longwell threw the crap out of the football, beat him. right? Um, yeah, beat, beat him, him, right? Beat him. He did. So that, that worked uh, with him just throwing it. But in DeWan Owens, who's rushed for over 1,000, thrown for over 1,000, first time in Maslin history that's ever happened, is he the missing piece maybe that can make something out of nothing uh, when a play breaks down, if they're trying to throw it, he can run it, or design quarterback run? Could he be the difference maker in this game? Absolutely. He could absolutely be the X factor in this game. And it's going to be um, in years past, maybe Hoban's defense hasn't played as well against those dual threat quarterbacks. I think they've played a little bit better this year. Um, I think they have a little more speed on the edges with a a linebacker like Ohio State commit Eli Lee. Uh, They've got, you know, some guys on the defensive line that can stop the run. But the way that Maslin schemes up the game, if they can get DeJuan Owens out in space, he is so electric that if you get him in space like that, then you kind of you draw him in on the defense, which then allows him to throw the ball. He's such a good thrower of the ball as well. Like you said, the first time Maslin's really had a guy that could do both when they've played Hoban. Um, so it should be – I think DeWan really could be the factor in this game. Uh, and I'm sure that Hoban's defense has heard the name DeWan Owens this week more than they've ever wanted to hear any name uh, all season long because that is a guy that you have got to watch for. Um, the only thing with that is – when you look at the defensive backs for Hoban as well, you've got a guy like Albert Hill who could be the best cornerback in the state of Ohio. Uh, just his athleticism, uh, his, his coverage ability, 
Uh, his, I've seen him make two plays this year. I'm, I'm, I have a photo on our website right now of him making a pass breakup against Walsh two weeks ago. That it does not look humanly possible for a kid to be that high off the ground. He also made a pick six earlier this year the same way. Um, they have him on one side. They have Caleb Jones on the other. They are pretty good at shutting down the pass game. But if you have that threat of a running quarterback, that's right. going to pull them up a little bit, and it could open it up for DeWan uh, on Thursday night. Let me take you down this path then, Ryan, because we look at a game like this, and it seems as though both teams have very, very good defenses. And from what we've seen throughout this entire season, and especially the playoffs with a lot of running clocks and not very many punts, how is our kicking game looking on either side? Because I don't know when the last time Maslin punted the ball, and obviously Hoban has had a couple of closer games. How is the kicking matchup in this if it ends up being a battle of field position? Hoban's kicking team is, is pretty solid. Um, they switched kickers about five, six weeks ago. Um, the place kicker that kicks field goals is not the kid that kicks off. Their kickoff kicker. Uh, was having was struggling a little bit accuracy-wise on field goals, so they, they moved field goal kickers around. Um, but he's also their punter. Their, their kickoff guy is also their punter. He has a booming leg, but he can also, I saw him put one inside the one-yard line against Walsh two weeks ago, um, which led to a safety. Mm-hmm. So they, their special teams are really good. But like you said, you don't really know yet because neither team has had to rely on special teams this season because most of their games have either been blowouts or – you know, at least two or three possessions, and at the end of the game, it doesn't come down to who can punt the ball, who can kick the ball. So I think it's going to be – that's an untapped mm-hmm. thing that I don't know that either team can feel super confident about going into Thursday because, sure, you can do it on the practice field, but once you get out there on the bright lights, if it comes down to the fourth quarter and it's a one-possession game and you've got to punt the ball, you know, can you, can you handle that pressure? Can you kick the ball down the field without shanking it five yards out of bounds? I think those are the things that – the coaches are probably nervous about this as well as the fans are. Yeah, one thing I will say, Maslin does have a return game. So that's something they've uh, scored on the, this year, uh, I think, uh, two or three times already in the return game. And Vinny Keller is their kicker. He's only missed two extra points in 57 tries. But field goals are a different story, right, with the game on the line. And if you remember the one time Hoban lost to Maslin, it was a three-point game, and the field goal was a difference. So uh, if it's a close one, as JT pointed out, special teams could factor in. Uh, last week, though, uh, Ryan, they barely beat Avon. Avon's a good team. Avon beat McKinley earlier this year 28-7. to So they uh, you know, know Avon was a good team. We knew it was going to be a good matchup. I'm watching the score last week, 14-3. to Avon's in front. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, uh, you know, the matchup we all wanted, Hoban and Maslin, we may not get it. How did Hoban come back and beat Avon last week? I'll be perfectly honest, Kenny. I've only read a couple of stories on how it happened because I was actually in Mansfield to cover Ed's on Friday okay. night. Because my thought going into that game, and I'm wondering if this is kind of what creeped into the Hoban's players' heads, my thought was we're getting Hoban Maslin next Thursday because Avon's quarterback was out. They were down to their backup quarterback. I didn't think that game would even be close, to be perfectly honest. So I thought, you know what, I'll go ahead. I'll go see Eds and Hilliard Bradley. Um, That Hoban Hoban game will be over by halftime. Maslin game will be over by halftime. We'll get the matchup we're waiting for. Right. Uh, Hoban showed the heart of a champion there in that fourth quarter. Uh, found a way to score a couple of touchdowns. Xavier Williams, who has been super special the last few weeks, uh, showing his speed. Once he gets out on the edge, he's he's a tough one to bring down. He's tough to catch. Um, they got the ball in his hands. Uh, he got a touchdown in that one, and 
you know, I, I kept watching the score like you guys were, and I, I kept looking. I was like, man, 14-3, to 3, and I thought the same thing. I said, well, I guess we're going to get Avon and Maslin, which is not the matchup any of us expected. And then Hoban kind of did what Hoban does. They, they, they hunkered down. They played good defense the, the second half of the game um, and just allowed their offense to open up. And, again, for me, I wonder if a little bit of it was just looking ahead, thinking right. of what was ahead, thinking that, you know, Maslin is sitting there for us next week at, at Benson, and we can, you know, play them again for a state title and maybe not focusing 100% on a team that was not 100% healthy. Yeah, and here's what I'll say to something uh, along those lines, Ryan. And I mentioned this to JT last year because I was at the game where Hoban beat Maslin last year in the state semifinals. And I asked Tim Tyrrell after the game on the field last year this question. I said, Coach, how do you make sure your team doesn't have a letdown the following week after beating Maslin? We're thinking, thinking maybe they already won the state title by beating Maslin, and they got beat in the state championship last year. So the, the mental is that an area of weakness for Hoban if we're looking for something, right, where they, they don't stay mentally focused the, the entire time? Well, and I, you know, it's funny because, Kenny, as you were talking about that, I thought back to 19 when Maslin beat Hoban in the regional final and thought they had the title one and then went up okay. and played, did the same thing against LaSalle in the state championship game. I think right. all of us thought, um, even the biggest mm-hmm. Maslin haters out there had to have thought, man, this is the year. Maslin's going to take home the title. And then LaSalle ran the ball all over him, and it looked like Maslin just wasn't ready for the moment. And I think you're right. Last year, other than Lamar Sperling and that offensive line, it didn't look like Hoban was ready after they got past Maslin. And it might have been one of those everybody knew coming into this year, right? We, we knew six, seven weeks ago. We're not, they're not going to put Maslin and Hoban in a state semifinal again. That's going to be the state championship matchup. OHSAA yep. is never going to put them in a semifinal. They know what they can get it, uh, at the gate for that game. So yeah. when we knew that, I immediately said they're both looking to that game. You know, you've got to think you're going to get to that game. And mentally, sometimes that does for, you know, I think some people forget. And, you know, I know a lot of fans out there love high school football and they're passionate about it. But at the end of the day, you've got to remember these are 15 to 18-year-old kids. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they don't always think the way an adult thinks. They're going to, you know, they're 15 to 18 years old. They're thinking, hey, man, I got this chance to play in the state championship game in two weeks. This would be an easy game this week. We're going to get right past it. So, you never know what the mindset's going to be of a 15- to 18-year-old kid when they come out there under the spotlight. These two teams That's have some experience, point. though, and that might be the yeah. overlying factor. It's going to come down yeah, to we'll mistakes, see. as it always does in a big game. Who right. holds onto the ball? Who doesn't turn the ball over? Ryan, I just have one last question for you, and this is just being selfish and being a Buckeye honk because you mentioned a couple of players that you've seen from St. Ed's and Hoban that have already – signed letters of intent to play at Ohio State, one being a linebacker. If Tommy Eichenberg decides to leave, and by the way, Eichenberg was uh, named best linebacker in the Big Ten this year. If that's enough on his resume to make his way to the NFL, so be it. Is the next linebacker at Ohio State playing Thursday night at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium? Well, he is, but it'll be a few years before he's there. I mean, he's he's not a senior yet, so Eli is very good. Um, He is... It's funny because um, Ohio State's defensive coordinator was at the game of about a, the week that he got the offer. It was right before he got his offer. And, of course, he, makes, he gets a safety right in front of the Ohio State defensive coordinator, in front of Jim Knowles. And, as, and, and Knowles looked at him right as he, made, as, he got the, as he got the safety and, like, clapped his hands at him as he came off. And 
I guess they talked about it a couple of days later, and that's when he got the offer because I had talked to Eli right after that, and he he was pumped. He said, you know, this obviously it's the offer I've been waiting for, blah blah blah, you know. And so I knew right then he was going to sign or that he was going to commit. You know, um, maybe yeah. I should have asked the question: Will Jim Knowles still be there in two years? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, not not if they find not if they right. find a way to stop the Michigan uh, offense at some point. Uh, Jim Knowles won't be there. We'll be going through another defensive coordinator there. Um, yeah. But you guys talked about two mistakes too, special teams as well. I do want to shout this out because I know this for a fact. If it comes down to where Maslin is trailing late in the game, Vinnie Keller, if I'm not mistaken, is three for three on onside kicks in his Maslin career. Wow! So it isn't like they don't have the experience of getting onside kicks as well. Um, and Vinny is very good. I think he's twice, two of those three onside kicks, he's recovered himself. So Yes, the dribbler. Yes, the dribble yeah, kick. Another, yep. That's just another thing to keep in your mind on Thursday if this game is really close coming down and Hoban has a lead late, yep. that, that Maslin does have that experience of getting onside kicks. And not just when maybe they're trailing. They did it this year against right. McKinley and were successful, I believe. So uh, they might pull that out to try and get an extra possession uh, on Hoban on Thursday. Hey, should make for a great matchup. Uh, are you going to be on the sidelines uh, on uh, Thursday night? I'll be somewhere. I will either be on the sidelines or I'll be up in the press box, one of the two. But I will be at Tom Benson for all seven state championship games. Awesome. We're going to be doing our show three to six uh, from uh, the press box on Thursday. So stop by and then I'll see you on the sidelines uh, and roam it with you. All right. Sounds good. I will see you guys on Thursday.